What is up, everyone? Drew Sherb Hunter here with a Yo. special edition Misfit Podcast. If you were used to tuning into the Unprepared Podcast, the Coaches Podcast, or the Unprepared Misfit Project, I was going to say Team Misfit, <laughs> sort of Team Misfit, mis- or the Misfit that? Project. Um, today, you get to tune into really kind of the specifics of what we do here at Misfit Athletics, and that is programming. Today's episode is the Phase Two. Um, programming episode. We're going to take a deep dive into sort of how phase one blends into phase two, what it's all about. Um, yeah. So quick housekeeping items. Uh, we are brought to you by Pure Spectrum. Head to purespectrumcbd.com. Use the code word misfit. Um, I was in, along with some other people, um, a terrible car accident uh, in a couple weeks. It'll be four years ago down in Miami. And ever since then, um, I've had a really tough time getting into deep sleep. Um, I've used the Whoop, the Apple Watch, the Aura Ring, all those things, hoping that if I wore a different wearable, that it would tell me that I'm getting Did into you deep try sleep. All at once? Yeah, I wore that's them all at short. once, and they didn't. <laughs> the synergy didn't. They work. didn't give me deep sleep. I actually don't think that's how that works. Uh, um, maybe. <laughs> and essentially, what happens is I have to sleep longer, and I still don't feel super refreshed in the morning, and it's kind of pretty distinct line drawn in the sand. Um, I've upped my dose, uh, of the, of the CBD. Um, we, we, uh, just upgraded to the black labels, 2,500, um, milligrams in a bottle. And I've been waking up early again for the first time in years, uh, without setting an alarm. So, um, it's nice to wake up after a normal, like human amount of sleep, you know, that seven and a half to eight and a half hour range, as opposed to like, I could sleep nine plus hours on the weekend easy if i wanted to which isn't necessarily you know what you want for your circadian rhythm so it's made a big difference i do actually feel better when i wake up early um my wife keeps asking me what's going on why i'm not in bed <laughs> like especially on the weekends especially past like 8 a.m which was sort of my my old routine so um it's been really helpful for me purespectrumcbd.com use the code word misfit we're also brought to you by sharpen the axe um a few days after this podcast is released um, another winter collection from STA. We got some crews. We have some uh, really nice. Uh, how long have the Capris been in development? A full year, at least, <laughs> if not eighteen months, if not two years, if not I don't know, a long time, <laughs> quite quite a while. So we're really excited for that. Some good stuff coming out. SharpenTheAxeCo.com. This is not the unprepared podcast, but you can use the code word unprepared to save a little bit of dough. And last but not least, Hunter is going to tell you a little bit about TeamMisfit.com. Yeah, teamisfit.com for your affiliate and their programming. Uh, We have two programs, if you're unfamiliar with it. A competitor program, which follows a little bit more of the structure that Misfit Athletics does, like the stuff that we're going to talk about today, or the GPP program written separately, equally as effective, really fun program. And uh, one thing we did to, or are continuing to do is add uh, free specialty class programs. So if you subscribe, you get obviously the monthly or the daily programming provided to you, but you also get access to multiple weeks of what we have right now is two specialty classes, a weightlifting, two weightlifting classes um, designed to designed for affiliates that have maybe that specialty class at the gym here. We run that twice a week um, to give members kind of the option for something different. So you get those classes and can kind of insert them into your program, uh, whether it's in a specialty class, or maybe you even use it as a CrossFit class, like twice a week or something like that. And then other thing we, 
upgraded for this month and we'll continue to do so is we got a whole bunch of videos, uh, kind of video demonstration, explanation for things like warm-up movements, mobility, even some uh, movement progression type stuff. And we're going to continue to add to that library uh, to make it even easier for you guys to kind of see what we're getting at with the affiliate program and hopefully uh, adopt it or adapt it to make it your own uh, to kind of become to, to continue to develop as a coach, which is what we're what we're shooting for. But I want to I want to bump the specialty class a little bit. Um, I think we balked at it for a long time here. Where does it fit into your schedule? Can you run them at the same time as your other classes? And we finally bit the bullet and added you know what we call engine class and what we call um, the Olympic weightlifting class. And it's just it's been really nice when you're when you're looking for true variance within a program having dedicated classes for something like that where you can really take a full hour to break down the lifting whereas you know a lot of programs a lot of affiliate classes you know you either you know if you do only the lift the members might not feel like they got the right stimulus um you know or you have to rush through how you're teaching it and whatnot so um those have been a really awesome addition you know here so and i would say don't undersell the fact that the engine class has been such a, such a success we've been trying to get people to do more of the like less sexy, less fun, unstructured things or structured things like sitting on a bike for a really long time or spring on a ski erg. And, you know, when you have a class like that, when you can really focus on nuances and movements that sometimes just get said like, yeah, it's 30 cal row onto the kettlebell snatch or something complicated. And those things like lose their luster or lose their coaching aspect. I mean, it's really been really fun to watch us, you know, see our coaches out there really take charge of a, a program that, you know, if you read it, it's face value, like, ah, oh, you know, it's five by 500 meter row. What's to teach? But there's a lot to teach, and our members are really like eating it up. So, like, I don't want to just you know glorify the lifting program. I think the engine class has been really cool to see as well. Yeah, and we're we're working on putting that out, and just we'll continue to provide programs so that hopefully in another six months or so, you've got you're paying for affiliate programming, but you've also got like five other programs that you can choose from and cycle into your 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 affiliates training. So, teamisfit.com for all of that stuff to get some trial free free two weeks all kinds of good stuff Chia. beautiful all right it's phase two it's phase it. two already which is crazy feel like we shot a podcast a couple weeks ago to announce the the new phase structure and all that time flies um i'm really excited about this podcast because we get an opportunity to continue telling the story of what's actually happening here um having all of these ideas in your head and you know being out programming phase three and phase four like it's almost like i don't know shooting like a tv show or something like that and people are kind of confused with what the hell's going on like it's nice to be able to continue to tell the story it's really fun um so again the 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 phase structure what we're really trying to do here is marry the concepts of progression of you know i want to get better at said thing and it's going to take me a while to get better at it so what's the structure how do we progress you know how do we create these these you know mesocycles and and you know whether it's a lift or a machine or accessory work, whatever it is, but also, you know, be really dedicated to GPP. We need people to be ready year round with the sanctionals. Um, so it's, it's been really fun writing all of it. And the more that we get to share with you, um, I, you know, more exciting, I guess is the easiest way to put it. Um, so pretty, pretty standard, um, phase podcast here. I'm going to go through the strength um everyone's favorite part and then you can um tune out when hunter's talking about the metcons favorite part of everybody (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um we'll go through the metcons talk a little bit about the skill work talk a little bit about the optional accessory stuff 
um, and obviously chat about some big picture things. Um, I don't know. You think people are excited that the yes. volume squat cycle is back? Yes, I have athletes who have been specifically requesting. It's like In hey, the same way people get excited for the open. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same way people get excited for assault bike sprints. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's going to be terrible. Yeah. I don't know if I'll do it though. <laughs> hey, good, hey, hey, good news. It will be. So, so for anyone that's new to Misfit Athletics, the volume squat cycle is um, linear progression: five by five on Monday, four by four on Wednesday, and three by three on Friday. Um, if you saw the percentages towards the end of it now, you probably would say, I can't or no thanks or whatever. Um, <laughs> but we progress you we know. two and a half percent at a time. And it's actually really interesting what days feel smooth and what days don't like sometimes that first five by five is really hard, even though it's the lightest day of the entire cycle. And then you're in like somewhere smack dab in the middle of it. And you just have this day where you're like, Oh shit, this is really working. Like I can feel it working already and it's only like week three or just, week four. I remember doing them, you know, a couple of years ago and getting into it and you're <laughs> after Wednesday, you're like, How the hell am I gonna squat on Friday? And then the following week you're like, Man, Wednesday was brutal and you do Fridays, you're like, eh, I'm ready for this shit. So like, you know, I remember there are quite a few training days in the past where like I get done the squats and I'm like, that might be it for for today because, you know, it's meant to be overloading. It's meant to be very, very difficult. So like the, the one thing I'd say to you guys is make sure you take your time. You know, we have a warm up scheduled on the blog, but do whatever you need in addition to that to make sure you're ready for because it's a it's a session in itself if you want it to be. Warm up and cool down could be the biggest reason why why you either try to survive this cycle or you actually yeah, do really it. well in it. Yeah. I think um, it'll be it'll be good too because for the first time in really like a really long time we did not mandatory back squat right. for an entire seven week period which i think is really good i think it, it's good to get away from that i think people got it's like it's like it's like everybody's crack it's like i know like yeah sometimes i hate it when it comes around but like i need it i need my back squats once a week otherwise right. i'm gonna lose every single ounce of strength that's that totally I have our in my fault body. too yeah <laughs> um, so yeah and so what i'm what i was getting at is that we now you can test, you're going to test your one rep max in, in test week, obviously. And it's a really good opportunity to one, maybe for some people, I wouldn't be surprised if you PR after the deadlift cycle we had, especially if you did a hex bar variation of that. Um, but, uh, it's a good time to like, make sure it's a quality one rep max squat, base your percentages off of that. Not the one you hit in high school when you were squatting to a box <laughs> 36 inch box like and your coach was like that's good fine like, yeah fine good Curtsy. <laughs> um and then base your percentages off that and you will be successful if you overshoot it week two will be impossible right and the the kind of the the story here to tell from phase one to phase two is that dedication to the posterior chain um where we really kind of feel like with the movements that are required within the sport when we're actually competing not anywhere near as much much posterior chain part of that's movement based part of that's you know how do you move do you move efficiently do you use everything you can but part of that's just it's a sport a lot of sports are frontal plane but the, obviously that support system having that like armor on your backside is super important and what we find is a lot of athletes within our community rely so much on the bounce or so much on a really odd looking squat variation where it's like, 
okay, at the end of the day, we don't actually back squat in our sports. We need skill transfer here. This is supposed to translate to overhead squats and front squats and you know all these other movements. So we wanted to do in the new phase structure like really dedicated central nervous system work with the deadlift with the posterior chain. Now we're passing that work along to the back squat. Um, we have on on the same day as the back squat uh, in in week one for the test, and then throughout the rest uh, on day one we have uh, optional push press and the optional push press is here. I don't know. It's hard to say that push press push press um, <laughs> is here as a continuation of all that pressing. You've done the strict press, you've done the bench press. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things. If you are more of a fast twitch athlete, a lot of people don't necessarily need to do this. We're going to do a ton of pressing um, within the optional accessory work, obviously a ton of pressing through push-ups and handstand push-ups and you know all that good stuff but there's still you know that subsection of people that really need to do they need to keep that like higher weight pressing going the entire year and we just talked about the last last phase too is to press you must keep pressing like the whole yeah you said russian adage like i have athletes that as soon as you take away strict handstand push-ups or as soon as you stop going away from bench press or strict press feel like that completely goes away so right you know you're finding someone that struggles with pressing pressing is not your jam keep doing it I, th- I think the push press is maybe the most underrated <clears throat> lift that we don't do quite as often in crossfit like very few movements allow you to overload or create such like an aggressive hip extension and then drive something overhead and still uh, like and actually still press actually yeah. need to be no, just get to have catch like it. a strength and not just like push yourself under it so i think that's really good and just coming on the heels of pressing four sessions twice a week right over the course of phase one like you're that would be good to see how much weight people are putting overhead. absolutely and just a quick thought guys on the push press there could be another reason to do it there are a lot of people that don't necessarily put weight overhead in the correct way maybe you have that pressing strength you know maybe you're really good at handstand push-ups strict handstand push-ups um we see so many people push their hips forward early in this movement before their knee locks out you know sort of just like a kipping handstand push-up and we don't stay within the structure of our skeleton so like i want to dip like really into my heels you know keeping the big toe down but dipping into my heels and driving my heel down so that i really get that knee extension and then as i'm standing up and i'm going to press you know dip portions already happen um you know in the drive phase your hip does open but this idea that you're throwing it forward and your weight is forward and then you're trying to press overhead in that banana shape it's not going to do all that much for you and if it's coupled with the wrong thing um in a metcon it gets really bad um so if you're trying to clean up your pressing which will then translate you know to the push jerk that would that would be another really good thing to do um for our um power only this cycle we have alternating weeks of power clean emoms um the power clean emom can be used both as like hey let's get stronger in the power clean let's work on our technique but also add a little bit of a speed pull from the floor which can actually take the place um in a lot of strength programs of the deadlift so what we do here is we add this in to make sure that we're still adding some speed pulls to the floor and then we make sure that there's some pretty damn heavy deadlifts and some conditioning pieces throughout the cycle and then we're actually trying you know able to find out 
is that deadlift work that we're doing that's on its own actually worth you know its weight once it's in the actual you know, sport we care itself. about being able to create force in the in our sport and be able yeah. to move heavy barbells for long ranges of motion so you know as great as the deadlift is it gets tested in competition very very seldom so it makes more sense can you move that weight at x percentages or can you move it with speed to get it from the ground onto your shoulders versus just from the ground to your hip so it's a chance for you to see how much your work last phase pays off into you know being able to move heavier power cleans and be able to pull for longer periods with heavier weight like to me you know as great as it is to sit out there and pull heavy singles in the deadlift it doesn't really get me a lot of utility when it comes to like general fitness right it's something that we need to have but not something we need to recall upon every single day when we're training um i'll try not to harp on form the entire podcast but <laughs> when you watch like all things gym instagram or any of those really cool like weightlifting instagram pages and you see the like the guy that still just power cleans like he's getting ready for the olympics and he power cleans until he can't anymore and he just i think he just power cleaned 450 pounds something like that anyways you see those people and you can't even really wrap your mind around what the movement is it's like I don't do that. Whatever is different about that, I don't do it. And the difference is the pull and then the elbows through all one continuous motion. Like It's sort of like the person that gets their hips as high as they can and the muscle up, waits a really long time, and then tries to send their upper body through the rings. Trying to separate the movements. There are different parts of the lift, but it's no different than having a hitch somewhere between the floor and your hip. Like that person, you tell them to slow down and then they get that weird, like it looks like they're trying to draw circles with the barbell yeah. or something. Just shaving <laughs> so, their legs real quick, you know? Yeah. Um, so with the power clean, um, and then a lot of athletes that do that well don't hit extension very well. So marrying these concepts of I'm getting this nice pull, I'm getting through extension, but then I'm pulling into the front rack all as one continuous motion. Um, I would rather see an athlete stay down near the 70% range, even on the triples and learn how to do that so that when they're in a Metcon and they need to be able to do that at a heavier weight, um, you know, you get to sort of surpass people that are stronger than you because you're doing it right. Second nature. And then the other ones really simple, high rep, touch and go power snatch. That's what that's going to alternate with. Um, we do not have percentages on the touch and go power snatch work that is on purpose. Um, where do you start? You start at a weight that you know that you wouldn't go touch and go with in a Metcon, but also leave room to, to go up. Yeah. So let's say, you know, you choose, sure, if you choose 155 pounds. You're like, if it was 155 power snatches in this workout, there's no way I'm opening with nine. But someday, I'd like to be able to. There's some, whatever, 975, 155 power snatch and burpees or who knows, whatever it is. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> You'd love that workout. You're doing that. <laughs> um, for sure. You want to be able to continually like make tiny little steps up to that. And it doesn't mean, again, that you have to translate that into the Metcon. It'll kind of do it itself. Um, so we want to leave a little bit of room there. Um, you can go up. You can go down. Um, it's really more about getting those reps in, that touch and go rep in, um, and making sure that you're actually you know, working towards getting something done. Um, I'm pretty excited about the four time work in the strength. So we have squat snatch and we have squat clean and jerk. Um, That's going to be fucking awful. Yeah. The squat clean and jerk is going to be really special. It's going to be a whole day in itself. Like the squat (laughs) snatch is hard enough, but the squat snatch um, reminds me of the intensity is freedom. Like 
when you're within a squat snatch, especially if you're touch and go, it takes so much thought. Like you have to really think about how you're moving. It's like when you do a big set of muscle ups and like you were dead tired before, but for some reason you weren't breathing heavy on the rings. And then the second your feet hit the floor, you feel like you're going to die. Um, the squat clean and jerk is that way every second that you're doing any of the movement. I think it, it I think you're overcomplicating it. It's a difference between squat snatch triples and clean and jerk triples. <laughs> but I really do <laughs> think it's a clean that and the, jerk, it's the a metabolic metcon. demand is high, like very high with the squat snatch, but because you have to be so in it, like you can screw up a squat clean and still stand up. You can screw up a jerk and still yeah, press out. You you like really screw up your squat snatch when you're going for reps at 75 or 80%, you just drop the bar. That's why it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you we have fail. <laughs> we have during the strength work a set amount of reps at a set percentage for time, then rest, then reps, then rest, then reps. And what we're doing here is we're blurring the lines between is this strength work, is this conditioning work? The answer is yes. That's what our sport is. Um, but you can think about it within the confines of of how you would you know add volume to chest bar pull ups muscle ups you know what we do in the skill stuff obviously much more metabo- metabolically demanding within the strength but we're working on getting better at moving barbells purposefully under fatigue but not like you just had to row a one yeah i think it's just it's a good continuation of the touch and go squat snatch and squat clean that you guys did in phase one when you were doing sixes fives fours and now the reps are going up a little bit but it is like it's the full lift it's some of it's touch and go some of it's not going to be i think it's good it's the next like kind of logical step in getting like that that barbell conditioning right yeah and and that's a good point because you should know what you're supposed to do there well if a workout opens at that exact same rep and weight set that's more information that you have you know you're at a local comp you're at a sanctional you're at the crossfit games and you find out okay it's this and you're like wait a minute i've done that before i have opened like seems a little crazy but i have opened with 10 squat snatches at 205 i know what it feels like you know travis is going to do seven no matter what on touch and go maybe you do two touch and go maybe Mm -hmm. you do singles whatever it is but having that information before you actually get tested is super important. And you found that the barbell ladders are like the favorite way for them to test your barbell cycling ability these days. That's essentially how every single CrossFit Games for the last four years has gone. Many sanctions do that. They set up the floor and you got to race across the you know the competition floor with six to eight other athletes. It's good to know what those are at. I mean, we just watched Dubai where they had to do um, power snatch, hang power snatch, squat snatch. And, you know, it'd be good for them to know exactly what that number is and how, yeah. how you're going to attack that because... Now you have someone who's a monster at it. They're going to hang on to the whole thing and you got to figure out, all right, well, if they're going to hang on to the whole thing and I know I can't do that, what can I do to stay within right. the realm? So for me, it's just, you know, training that barbell ladder. You see high level competitions and, you know, you got to know what that is. When are we going to program candlesticks and fucking and TRX bams? rows? And what's a and candlestick? You ever seen that? The Pogos Dubai kid. final so, thing? Like the lay oh, down. Like lay down. Yeah. And get back I up. mean... Yeah. Is that gonna those be? A, are, can that be a staple in our? Those are accessory uh, exercises for a reason. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> moving on, um, we are going to spend a ton of time cleaning up our clean, pun intended. So zinger, you're. G- <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> So you you are going to go through a progression 
of warming up at pause power position. We'll make sure you guys have some good videos for this. Um, you're going to get a lot of work in cleaning above the knee when we remove variables from the clean, like the first pull, like getting from that big <clears throat> leverage position back to power position um, and gradually add those variables back in. We find that that is when an athlete can really figure out how to do the movement. Um, so we are going to spend an entire cycle on this. We got about half of the cycle above the knee. We got about half of the cycle below the knee and all of the warm ups will be in there to give you an opportunity to make sure that even just within a 20, you know, just a one day period, you're, you're making sure that the position that comes after is already nailed down and perfect. So you're only adding a little bit extra when you go into your strength session there. That is, you know, the sort of a phase three teaser here. We will go from that to a very heavy clean cycle, like really working on what happens if a one rep max comes up? What happens if there is a ladder and you have to do, you know, like really heavy sets of four, five, six, whatever it is. Let's go. So we, there's, there's, because it's the clean, especially too, you're going to be able to get some really good strength adaptation anyways. You're going to be able to put some weight on the bar if your hands are bigger than mine. Um, so really, really awesome thing that we've done for years and it's found its home here um, in phase two. So I'll uh, stop running my mouth here about the strength work. Hunter, what's going on in the conditioning? Oh, yeah. Um, so this phase, we're kind of targeting um, from a gymnastics perspective, toes to bar and handstand pushups. So our test piece, forest pump, I'm pretty excited to see that good. It's a sassy workout. A really good gymnastics test. Sorry, um, Arnie. I think uh, <laughs> I think a, a lot of people will get stuck. I think when people think, I think it's important to realize that when we say test, when it's a test workout, it's not always expected that you're going to be rolling around on the floor afterward, although it does finish with a 45 calorie row. Mm. So probably, yeah. but the f three or four minutes before that, maybe not as much because the the movements don't necessarily elicit that unless you're a freak, but it is our... This is our kind of blessing on your toes to bar and handstand push up capacity. Yeah. It's a good blend of of both strict and kipping. I'll leave it at that so you guys can uh, can look forward to that test piece when it shows up on Wednesday. But that will also uh drive a lot of the skill work that we're doing to give you the opportunity. We kind of we used to used to not necessarily kind of cater to the test, and I think there's value in that, but there's also value in giving you the test, then giving you the answers to the test, and then asking you to retake it. Right. And we know you're going to do better, but that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. We Anytime you test and retest a workout, there's going to be some element of you're probably going to do better just by nature of knowing what to expect. Um, and what we're doing with the skill work is, is not only you not only know what to expect because you've actually done the workout, but you now have the capacity to improve and you're confident right. that you can. So um, a little side tangent there for the for the skill work, but um, that and then also uh, muscle up more, some more muscle up volume. You got a ton of opportunities to work on perfect muscle ups. Uh, in, I've been blown in away, by the way. Um, you guys uh, on Instagram have been crushing the muscle up progression, like really taking the time. Like it's not just, I don't see the like, like 
heave right. exactly that's the word i was going to use like yeah. heaving muscle up to finish like people have really taken the time to get better at that stuff and within our community like <laughs> really understanding what skill work is and why it's there i've seen people talk about how they scaled it down a rep or two like absolutely crushed it so yeah quick no, kudos I, I think to the that's, crew yeah it's awesome I, my two two of my ro- remote athletes saying like one like gustav he's a bigger bigger dude not somebody you'd expect to love muscle ups but he was doing like the the sevens or the eights and yeah. was like no problem at all it's like 40 muscle ups in a in a relatively short period of time yeah. so we're going to give you the chance to now we're going to start injecting those quite a bit more in conditioning and interval like your more classic crossfit style uh pieces and the the test the interval test which has muscle ups is also very special Hmm. but will definitely yeah. require you to draw from uh that that skill. Do you and, want to take a ride on the scary go round? Yeah. And <laughs> and I mean I think it's important to talk like you don't you can't forget the 7 weeks of skill and energy and time that you put into that. You literally can to, because if you do it's yeah, over. You're, you're an idiot. Um Whoa. oh no sorry I thought you were saying if you do. He's got a button on his desk. No, I mean, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh I thought you were saying something different. Yeah. If you don't, then the workout's over in like four minutes. Right. Which I guess is good for you. But maybe. Uh, <laughs> Depends on what your goals are. Yeah. <laughs> to get worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, and then the conditioning pieces are, are a lot of them are scale or not scaled, but tailored toward getting you better at right. those, those few tests. So um, you're, you're going to do CrossFit. You're going to do a lot of it. You're going to have optional pieces and you're going to have mandatory pieces, but, uh, boom. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny when, when, when we're divvying up who gets to talk about what I obviously go first and take the, the one that most people are interested in. Um, the, it's, (laughs) it's hard to talk other than the test specifically. It's really hard to talk about the conditioning stuff. Um, it's, it's variants. It's, uh, you know, some of it's muscle fatigue, some of it you're supposed to be able to cruise through so that the reps build and build and build. Some of them you're supposed to wonder if you're ever going to breathe normal again. Like variance within energy systems, within movements, within rep schemes, keeping things changing as often as we can to make sure that there's actual adaptation occurring. Yeah, I do think, I think that even with phase one, just kind of the the structure that we've adopted here, it's, there are a lot of pieces that I think are are pushing well beyond what has been established as kind of acceptable right. in terms of volume in terms of loading like within a workout like a, the the one that i like keep looking at is like 60 the <laughs> like 60 bar muscle ups and the hang squat snatch piece like mm-hmm. it's long there's no place to hide there's not a 400 meter run that you can quote recover on it's you're gonna sit you're gonna be in the gym you're gonna be in one spot you're going to be there for a really long time and you're going to be really uncomfortable and right. then you're going to be really sore after. It's going to be like me and you do 19.5. Yeah. Holy fuck. That <laughs> Stand is, around that's exactly nothing. what it is. Yeah. That was a it's good just, show. Was it? Yeah. For who? Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I think we continue to push kind of what is acceptable and it's, and it's not because like we're just trying to write like the hardest workout ever. It's because nope. people keep getting fitter and prove that it's within the realm of acceptability. I mean, the only way to get better is to overreach. We, we talk about it almost every single phase podcast, but, um, you, you, you overreach 
so that just a step back from that could be what's coming up in competition and you you dominate it. I mean, that was, you know, one of the things that when we talk to our games athletes that they always say like, yeah, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as the shit you make me do already. Yeah, like that truth. kind of idea. So, um, be excited for more of that. <clears throat> My turn? Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> Bitch work is back. Guess what? It never went anywhere. <laughs> um, the focus this cycles or this phase, excuse me, is going to be a little bit different than the last one. The last phase we focused on uh, anaerobic on the row, so really high outputs on the rowing machine and a little bit longer time domain on the C2 bike. I got a lot of athletes who are saying, I'm going to quit my life to do all these pieces because the C2 bike pushed them into the 40, 50, 60 minute time domain. But now it's our what sport. It takes. Yeah, our sport is, is mandating that you have that capacity and you have that <laughs> ability to sit there. And even though you don't want to be there, maybe you're going to get better at that through experience. So, um, some more of the same in terms of like time domains and uh, focuses, but the, uh, the real shift is going to be, this cycle is going to be an aerobic focus on the skier. So, you know, we saw a lot of athletes see great progress with the fasted cardio, um, both on the C2 bike and on the rowing machine, but it's good for us to kind of change that up so that your capacity on the skier is as, as good as it is on the rowing machine. Or the How do you guys C2 feel bike. about the long, about the long skis? I know that like everyone's like you ski for 40 minutes. I like it because it sucks and it makes people. <laughs> you it's, would. It's, yeah. well, if no one, if it's no one enjoys it, he enjoys it. It's, <laughs> it's good because the ski, it kind of sucks because time doesn't go as fast because your stroke rate is significantly higher than on the rower. Yeah, yours might and it's be. just way different <laughs> to be like staring at the ground and like. It's just, for me, it's just the physical action of skiing is way less comfortable than rowing. For most people, I'm I'm the opposite. So maybe that's why I'm saying I like it better because well, I, I would me, rather ski time for 40 minutes for me than on the on the skier versus the other machines. Which again, a lot of people no. would say, "How's that possible?" I actually find it to be like meditative. Mm. Like I feel like I get into a rhythm. Like typically, what I'll do, sort of like meditating, is I'll count to ten up and then back down, and like I like will find myself like knock out like two or three k like. Like I normally would like be crying, like Same. watching yeah. it go up a hundred meters also, at a time. I like, I feel like my, my consistent pace on the ski erg is more consistent than it is on the rower. Like I will be able yeah, to, I know what you mean. there's always, there's like the pace, like I will, fluctuations I will, aren't really there. Yeah, exactly. So I, maybe I like that. Maybe that's why I like it better, but I do like how, because your stroke rate is higher, time seems to go by slower for a lot of people. And it's just like. Right. I'm just going to stand here and look fucking stupid. For 40 <laughs> well, minutes. I really like the challenge too. For, for me, the way I look at it and the way I talk to a lot of the athletes is I like to see you have a competent capacity both on the rower and the skier. And a lot of them are seriously lacking on the skier in comparison to the rowing machine. So me personally, I like to look at it as a challenge. Like, all right, how close can I stick my skier splits to my rowing splits? And I like to pass along that challenge to my athletes because they look at it and go, yeah, I mean, it's the same as a machine made by Concept 2. It counts meters pretty similar. I mean, definitely is a different you know movement pattern but the challenge of trying to have those two be combating for be which one's better yeah i think he's still engaged and for me that's what i like to do is like hey how close could i keep this is on a wrong machine what would i hold all right that's going to kind of frame my perspective on what i should be aiming for maybe down the road with all my my skiers i think so. it's going to complement the focus of toes to bar and handstand push-ups really well just with the yeah, that percent. upper body more of like that slow twitch upper body focus obviously you're not using exclusively your arms but you're certainly not using them yeah, I mean, less we find than you would on the the rower is the only other option. Like you're going to having that ability to recover your upper body is yeah. probably more useful than 
Oh, for sure. Like it's huge, just hugely useful. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the main reasons you would want an athlete to, you know, row, ski, uh, swim, you know, do these things where it is higher turnover rate because there's just no other way to do it. Like you're not going to carry dumbbells around all day and do like one pound curls and presses and stuff like that. Have you tried it though? No, I have not. Well, in addition to the um, test that for next year, (laughs) in in addition to the aerobic ski, we're having an anaerobic focus on the C2 bike. So, you know, you guys have spent plenty of time on the assault bike, know what it feels like to go really, really hard on that. We want you to have a similar experience level with the C2 bike. So you're going to see a lot of short bursts, short time domains, high dampers, you know, just standing on the pedals. That's a real special kind of pain. Hunter cooked up one for affiliate recently and I thought I I was dying. I couldn't walk to i could ski once i got there but i couldn't stand up and walk to the skier you, know, you and i were going back and forth C2 on whether bike. or not it should be on the assault bike or on the yeah. c2 bike and you know we had done enough recently at a couple pieces with a damper up high and you're standing and pedaling and then the pump in your legs is just it's otherworldly like it the is. assault bike's great but for me that's a lot of lungs i don't get that same stimulus on the c2 bike so we want to build that same like yeah. level of quad poisoning through the c2 bike versus the assault bike this phase and if anyone wants to nerd out at all on this phase structure and what we're doing we just, hopefully you actually did it. We just spent all of that time, fasted cardio and the aerobic work on the C2 bike so that you guys could learn how to flush your legs on a bike. I mean, obviously tons of transfer to other movements, yep. but now we want to know, um, you know, with that higher power output, what happens during those intervals? What happens in between? What happens in between then? And then what happens when you have the workout with C2 bike jumping lunges and wall balls um, that you're trying to figure that out, right? Should be fine. That flushing, (laughs) all of that work, all of that, hey, do I even have time for this? I have, you know, a family or I have a job or I have other things to do. Um, I have stairs that need walking. (laughs) In theory, carries over very well to being able to recover from this stuff. And you get to find out, you know, immediately if you're, you know, all that work, all that time paid off. Yeah, I mean, from my personal experience, we had a, this is last year, we were doing all these fasted cardio C2 pieces, and then we had a day at the gym, it was just 12 calorie assault bike repeats, teams of like eight or whatever, huge teams, so you're getting good rest after the first couple rounds, right. and everyone else is complaining, my legs, my legs, my legs, I was like, oh, it's just lungs for me, and it's, it was cool to see all the, all the flushing and all the time spent on the longer pieces, all that time spent on the C2 bike, letting me stay at a level that previously I don't think I could have held, you know, right. like holding that wattage in the... 13, 14, 1500 range on your fifth or sixth element or round of that is just typically not heard of. So it's kind of cool to see that, you know, have that one-to-one experience. Like I did all this work and now I have this result. Yeah. Now it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, in addition to that, uh, bitch work will be three days a week of mandatory um, and two days a week of non-mandatory. As you've probably noticed with the phase that we typically put program seven days a week now. So you're going to have those two um, non-traditional working days, one being the fasted cardio, one being the swim day. The fasted cardio is going from the C2 bike over to the skier. Again, just giving you experience to sit, uh, not like I said, stand next to the skier <laughs> and spend some time on it. Again, I'm in. Unlike <laughs> you get the to other. Sit down on the ground. <laughs> well, you can get in the box there, you know, yep. seat the skier, but the, uh, the opportunity to get um, some time underneath your belt. Like we want you to spend time. It's, you know, 10,000 hours exercise. Yep. The more you get on that thing, the more you do it, the more you make friends with it, the less, you know, you're going to be annoyed if we say, all right, you're going to ski. 5k and then do this you know four round workout afterwards we're essentially desensitizing you and getting you comfortable with you know this machine that doesn't have the same level of comfort that the assault bike or rower does so you'll have that on uh day four each week is the fasted cardio and again like last phase it will go up each week and then i know it's not really my place but the skill in addition to it is a really nice complement to that day so you'll have again the 
fasted cardio followed by some sort of gymnastics skill work. Again, just kind of giving you a little bit more of a robust day on that off day because we know you guys are going to do that anyways. And then um, coming back into day seven, your Sunday training piece, we'll be swimming. Um, one thing we do want to say, though, last phase, we had essentially the first progression in the swim program. If you didn't do that in phase one, go back to that. We're going to develop a PDF and put that out there for you guys so you can do the first um, first progression before you move on to progression number two. If you did right. do progression one, you're ready for progression two. But essentially, you know, we've worked with Kenzie Riley, who's got a great swimming background. She's trying to help us with making sure that like, we didn't miss one element because none of us were collegiate swimmers at any point right. in our lives. So you know, what can we pass along to you guys? And hopefully you find that you know, over the course of this entire season that you really develop that swimming capacity because it's part of our sport and it's not going anywhere. So get comfortable with that. What are your th- thoughts on ordering of the skill work and the, the fasted cardio ski? Because we've got alternate between pulling pulling gymnastics in the skill work yep. and pushing like handstand push-up, push-up, that sort of thing. Obviously, that's a lot different doing that right after a C2 bike right. than it is doing a ski. You recommend people tack the skill work first so that you can have kind of that non-fatigued focus or do it after, kind of get maybe a little I, bit more CrossFit-y stimulus. I think there's two variables here. The first one is how much time are you spending in the gym? Some yep. people on their rest day don't necessarily have as much time to spend in the gym as maybe someone who's a CrossFit coach or, or maybe don't want to be in the gym. Mm-hmm. I personally, most bang for your buck and you know, best ability to actually recover, I would prioritize the skiing. Okay. Um, that being said, if you do spend a bunch of time in the gym, um, I think you can do it in either order. I just think you should space it out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there will be some athletes a um, little bit more on the slower twitch side that will be able to go fairly close from one to the other. Right, yeah. There are just some other athletes that haven't learned to really flush properly yet to, to clear waste you know, in the moment while you're actually doing your ski to move on to that. But um, unless you're just this absolute like aerobic beast and also really like the ski erg, um, I would prioritize the ski first. Cool. Yeah, same. Um, the only caveat that I'd throw in for the swim, um, if you're a really experienced swimmer and you think that starting with a 15-minute max distance swim um, is acceptable for you personally. You can hold freestyle for 15 minutes straight, really reach and breathe. I think it's okay to skip swim progression number one. Yeah. Um, if you're not sure, I guarantee you the three of us would tell you the answer to that is no. Um, <laughs> start back at that 10 minute progression. The only work difference up. is the the test and retest. It's a 10 minute ski instead of a 15. The volume. The volume is yep. a little bit higher, but right. it's still like, it's not going to beat the shit out of you. Like, no. a, like a like the no. back squat and, cycle would. And what's so unique about swimming specifically within the CrossFit space is that if you get like what would be considered like barely passable slash like okay at it, <laughs> you're better than almost everyone in the entire community at the movement. Yeah. Um so what does that mean? That means when you go to swim, do not be obsessed with your, you know, fifty meter butterfly. <laughs> like no one cares. That's all Michael I was Phelps. On. <laughs> like <laughs> shave your shave your whole body. <laughs> yeah. I have been waxing my whole body. <laughs> Wear one of those suits from two thousand that they outlawed. Um <laughs> Yeah, make sure that you're taking the time to try to learn how to swim. Stuck a propeller in his ass. <laughs> Gentlemen, my goodness. Snorkel. Anything else on the bitch work, Sherb? Um, 
I mean, outside of, work. Yeah, out, outside of that, I mean, I definitely pay attention to the um, the descriptions on the, the site. We try to give you insight into how to attack them because some of them, you know, I'm just looking at like, give you for a, a little taste of week one, day one, six rounds, two minute jog, 90 second run, minute one minute walk. If you don't read the description and pay attention to the idea right. behind it, you're going to feel like you're just, you know, walking around or jogging. You don't really feel the purpose behind it. So, you know, I really want to make sure, I <laughs> really want to make sure you guys Take the time to read those so you have the insight behind that because unlike some of the things where it's like chest to bar and squat clean, like you know how to do those things, sometimes the uh, the focus behind the piece is missed. So just spend some time, read that real quick so that you have an idea so that you you know get the intention of the piece. Absolutely. Um, moving on to the accessory work. So we have optional, three optional accessory pieces every single day. Um, you should be used to it now if you followed phase one. If you're new to this, it's optional for a bunch of different reasons, to be honest. The main one is just volume. Make sure that you're prioritizing your actual conditioning and you know lifting where you get a little bit more bang for your buck. Um, but we've had really good feedback on this. People have really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of people that have cut down on volume a little bit have actually added that in as sort of like a prehab rehab sort of situation. And I haven't seen anyone do what we told them not to. So like... Don't go super heavy on this stuff. Like this is accessory work. This is about learning how to use the, you know, maybe the smaller muscles or use your posterior chain or, you know, sort of any of those things. So um, kudos to you guys to actually listening, um, you know, during the podcast so that you can, you know, do this stuff right. Um, there is some new stuff in there. A lot of it's the more of the same. Um, again, accessory work is all about, you know, you know, we like to joke. We kip a lot. We use, you know, we extend our hips a lot. We do a lot of quarter extremity. Um, and while that's all good and fun, a lot of people don't brace while they're doing that and they end up messing up, you know, their shoulder, their back, you know, ankles, you know, all kinds of different stuff. We just kind of flail around. Um, we're allowed to, to make fun of it because we're actually in the community. So optional accessories, three per day. Um, and again, you could, you could even go into that and say, uh, pick that one. Like, I want to work yep. on this. I want to work on that. So um, just make sure that when you're going to the site, we try to spell it out as best as we possibly can. You have your mandatory work. You have you choose one or two, um, and then after that, it says optional. So you're not choosing, you know, based on the optional yeah, piece. The, the accessory piece is not included in your pick. Exactly one or two of your pieces. I was going to say if you you know subscribe to the complete tier, you actually get a chance to see what that is at the full head of time. So you right. can see all of the accessory pieces, all you know, all 15 of them for the whole week give an idea of which day that makes the most amount of sense because you know you may feel that like oh, i really don't want to do dumbbell bench press after you know 200 burpees i'm not really into that today but right. you could plug that into another day so you know a little plug for the complete tier you get a chance to see what these accessory pieces are and plug them in where they make the most amount of sense for you because really at the end of the day to me i look at it as are you moving with purpose and are you checking off the box and things that are important to you not are you right. just doing all of them and just doing whatever we say in terms of what day it is because you know, for whatever reason, some days I may not work with you and it might be good to move those to other days. Or, you know, I have a couple athletes that will primarily, will take out the, uh, the pick your poison on the fasted cardio day and it'll be accessory day, you know, right. just another way of yep. you know mixing it up. So just another idea for you out there, maybe don't have a lot of time or you want to figure out another way to hit the accessory work that on a day that's not super busy, like your normal training day. A great way to plug that in is having that complete tier and being able to see the whole schedule before we get ahead of time. Um, just to touch a little bit more on the skill column here, um, we have skill work every single day. Um, it's, it's only mandatory a few days of the week. Um, and obviously that's just to make sure that, you know, 
when it's not coming to what we're trying to accomplish specifically, especially for like the forest pump retest, um, that you're choosing the things that you actually need to work on. So you ask yourself, okay, there's this movement and I hate it. And every time it comes up in a Metcon, I can't really do it all that well. And we are giving you a structured way throughout the course of an entire cycle to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to get better at moving dumbbells. I love barbells. I hate dumbbells. I feel like they're flopping all over the place. I don't know if you guys have seen Sherp's front rack position. I was just going to say, um, like every time you say that, it's been, I mean, like, yeah, that's me. Like every single time you're like, yeah, if you suck at it, you probably should do this. Well, that's me again. I only wrote it so that you'd stop doing that. Please cut the shit. <laughs> um, but again, you can go down through and choose. You can go down God, and choose what really works for you um and there are some progressions to it like last cycle we did the perfect muscle up thing this time we're saying okay now we're telling you exactly how to chop up some sets or it's actually multiple sets back to back to back um so we are going through progressions on that stuff um your standard handstand walk toe to bar um you know getting a little bit better with moving the dumbbells and the kettlebells um rope climbs legless rope climbs we're trying to make sure that you can pull something that you struggle with when you're breathing really heavy and maybe your grip's gone or your pressing is gone and you get to work on it on its own. Um, this might be one of the areas that people need to scale the most and don't actually scale. Is skill work? Is skill work, yeah. Because again, it's not skill work if we're you know really heading towards the edges of our ability. Yeah, if it looks like shit, it's not skill work. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> if it looks really brutal, you you can't go into it and say, "Man, I hope I'm able to finish this." Because you're trying to do a dedicated session to try to improve on something. Yeah. So, um it can be self-scaling. You can't allow yourself to call it while you're doing it. Um if it's weighted, obviously we'd ask you to to hopefully just choose a better weight, you know, on your next set or whatever it is. But also if it's, you know, if it's high rep gymnastics, it's usually pretty easy to say to yourself, okay, like whatever, eight muscle-ups for a games athletes, nothing crazy for them. What's nothing crazy for me? Four, five, six, whatever yep. it is. Two. <laughs> Hunter, what about the age group um, The age group crew? Like, like I know that, that, that the phase structure is, you know, um, very similar and the focuses are all you know spot on the same the same kind of focus um is it really more just volume you know how often you're asking them to squat you know all that good stuff yeah i think it's it's just continuing to we we're putting the the age group program is continuing to look and and be more in line with somewhere between mft and hatchet we yep. like i like the um, not the exact volume, but somewhere that's probably a little bit more volume than hatchet. We're only asking for that, those three pieces a day for hatchet. Um, obviously age group is going to get a little bit more, but again, that's with the, the individual who's looking to be in that top 200, looking to go to the qualifier and beyond, um, while still having, making sure that the weights and volumes are appropriate. So we've still got like it it's it's kind of a just a blend a mix and mash of mft and hatchet in the volume that's appropriate for the masters we've still got the all the accessory work which i think is is just as good if not better than the maintenance stuff that we were doing before and there will still continue to be that but uh i think where this the phase structure really benefits the the mass the age group athletes is the is the skill and the accessory column. Like yep. it's just so many options. It's so many places to improve on little things that separate you 
a little bit further on the leaderboard than does than does for like the uh, the games like the individual games athlete. Like, well, it's funny, like that that's flipped upside down a lot in that community, right? You see so many teens and so many masters with just unthinkable engines, right? Yeah. And then you see them kind of maybe get stuck in a certain place exactly, in a workout, yeah. whereas you get you know the the sort of that <laughs> middle group. I don't know what else to call them. You know, your individual yeah. CrossFit Games athletes, your team CrossFit Games athletes. I mean, nine out of 10 are just so highly skilled and, you know, have their spots where, you know, I like this, you know, this energy system's a little bit better than this one. Um, so it's a very unique difference. Yeah. And be, just being able to, like, thinking about it from the perspective of the open, like one or two reps, one or two handstand Seriously. pushups, muscle ups makes a huge, makes is, is, I don't know if it's more. I th- I think it is statistically. It would be probably more impactful than on it the is. individual yeah, leaderboard for sure. Is. Like just being able to, and then being able to apply it outside of a metcon, and then come back and and do it into the workouts is hugely important. So I don't know that the program, thinking about the program itself, as as different as it is important to realize, like these columns on the or these elements of the program itself would be are more beneficial to me than to to somebody else so it's again it's just kind of personalizing it in that sense knowing that the accessory and the skill column might be where you need to live in order to get those conditioning pieces the 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 lifts and whatnot up as far as like your numbers go right so yeah i think that's that's that for the for the age group athlete that's where your mindset needs to be they're all willing to work hard they just need to have those little pieces yeah, that that are there separate them from the, their competition because right. all those all those masters and teens and everything they're all understanding it's about hard work but you might be lacking specifically in very something something very very specific to you that doesn't apply to everybody else right. doesn't apply to people in general that you need to focus on so you know rather than like completely rewrite the program it's all right, how can I help this group make that little 1% growth that allow them to down the road have 10% yeah, I or think 15% that's growth? A, that's a really good like way to think about it. Odds are for a lot of age group athletes, there's the one or two things that can really propel you up that leaderboard. Whereas the top 100, 200 on the individual side is like, did, did I have a good day today? Like, right. did, did, the, did the pieces line up? For, for age group, it's a, a lot more capacity driven than... right. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of a cool those concept. Guys are fucking crazy! Like, I'm not worried about their mental, <laughs> no. like mental it's, capacity. It's, it's kind their, of a cool concept because open. obviously, like, when within it being the age, they're opposites, younger, yeah, older. Um, but they share. It's it's very unique that they share that together because the the masters athlete just probably wouldn't still be in the game. Like, they probably would have given up if yeah. they didn't have kind of that it factor when it came to like really grinding. Yeah, and then the teen hasn't like there's hasn't been no serious stretch of their life where they haven't worked hard because they are in this thing that's teaching them you know just as much about life as it is actual crossfit Mm. so it's cool that they're there like like our age we're like jaded by (laughs) only sprinting 10 feet when we were younger in our sport did so many five ten fives yeah damn (laughs) so yeah i just it's a really cool concept and it's it's nice to know that you know a lot of the a lot of the struggle with with coaching some really talented athletes through this stuff is convincing them to work hard. Not a lot of that going down in the teen or masters. Community. Yeah, definitely not. Any uh, final oh, thoughts, Sherb or Hunter? I, I'll just add for the age group online qualifiers. Yes, there will be a program. The one that's up there currently 
you're welcome to grab. It's from last year. Uh, this year's is going to be a little bit longer because we last year it was like we knew when it was. It was five weeks later after the open, so it was five weeks long. It's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so that will be available toward the end of January. Keep your eyes out and you can purchase that. But beautiful. Yeah, that was my final thought. And my final thought, just get back to working hard. I mean, for me, the get back to working hard after yeah. uh, Sunday, January 5th, that's your only, that's yeah, your day off. One day Between off and then back to work. And, two. and now for me, it's just, you know, you know, understand the purpose behind the pieces, take your time to read them, have the forethought before heading into them, reflect on them afterwards. There's a lot to be gained in terms of information and, you know, obviously fitness as well, you know, as gain as much as you can. Like there's nothing wrong with journaling, take extra time, talk to training partners, talk to your coach. There's a lot to be gained from seven hard weeks of work. Don't miss out. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, it's just right back to the beginning of the podcast. I'm so excited to continue to tell you guys this story of what we're trying to create with the athlete marrying the concept of general physical preparedness program with true progression over the course of an entire season. If you're into the programming, if this is something that you like to think about as the athlete, um, makes you sort of buy in a little bit more, um, really try to like pay attention to those details because we're going to continue to progress as we go. And we're peaking things at very specific times because we think they're more useful or maybe you hold on to them for a little bit longer or shorter, um, you know, based on the, on the season itself. So really excited again to continue, continue to tell you guys this story of what we're trying to do from, you know, seven weeks ago, all the way around through, you know, to the CrossFit games in the open. And then yippee doo da, we get to start all over again next year. Yeah. Um, I think we did it. I think that's it. As always, I am at Misfit Coach on Instagram. Feel free to slide into those DMs with any questions about programming, um, any questions about the Unprepared or Misfit Project podcasts. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Pure Spectrum. Head to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code word Misfit. Head to SharpenTheAxeCo.com. Use the code word Unprepared. Head to teammisfit.com. You do not need a code to get two free weeks of programming. Chew. Chew. Did I get that right? Yep. Just also, ask us for it. Um, make sure that you are paying attention to, we'll keep posting about it, but make sure you're paying <laughs> attention to when seven weeks prior to your sanctional is because that is how long our sanctionals prep program is. That is five and a half weeks of dedicated peaking. Hell week is smack dab right in the middle. Hunter and I wrote some, uh, and Sherv wrote some very special <laughs> things for you in Hell Week, um, a real true mental test per week to make sure that your mind is just as ready as your body. Um, then we go into a deload, and then we go into specific instructions on how we think you should spend your actual competition week. That is right at MisfitAthletics.com. Thanks for watching. Good luck, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>